Welcome to episode 11 of the Recording Story Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Newcomb, and in this episode, I talk to Ola Kiermatch. Ola is a very talented songwriter from Ontario, Canada, and I've had the pleasure of working with Ola for the last four years. And in this episode, we talk about a song that Ola wrote called Days We Touch the Sky. And it is an amazing story of how far a song can come from conception to even demoing it and then completely rewriting it for the most part and re-recording it and um, having it turn out amazing in the end. And so Ola gets into all the details about this song and um, all the changes it went through and what sparked the changes. And there are a ton of lessons and uh, insights that she shares throughout this episode that will blow your minds. Really good stuff. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Ola Kiermatch. Okay, so I'm here with Ola Kiermatch. How's it going, Ola? Hi, I love you. How's it going? I'm good, I'm good. I was so excited to do this with you because you are a bundle of energy and you're so much fun to talk to and hang out with and especially make music with. So thanks for doing this with me. Oh, thanks for having me, honestly. This is wonderful. I'm honored. If only I could physically be present this this will have to do that would be the cherry on top that that would but i'm happy we can even just do it like this so this is the first time i've done um a podcast over over skype or or on facetime i guess so yeah so ola lives like like almost four hours away from me so yeah it's just hard and if i'm if i'm driving it's easy six she sticks to the speed limit so yeah yeah so this this is great though thank you again so much for your time and for doing this with me so yeah we're talking today about a song that uh, ola wrote um called days we touch the sky and we recorded it man was it like two years ago now a couple years ago the first version was two years ago and then the revised version was like within the later. last year, right, right? Which is which is night and day story wise. <laughs> yes, we are going to get into that because that's a, another reason why I wanted to talk about this song specifically because we've done a lot of songs together. We we so that when Ola and I first met, um, we did a Christmas record. Uh, it was a full length Christmas album that Ola did with uh, David and I. Um, will totally pronounce his last name wrong. Vukovic. Vukovic, yes. Vuk- <laughs> uh, shout out to Dave if he's listening. Um, yeah, so we did, yeah, that was our first kind of um, thing, project that we worked on together was a, was a Christmas album. It was so much fun to put together. It's called From Us oh, to it You. Was, it was such a fun time. And that was my first, I would call it professional music experience in terms of being in the studio. And you were the ultimate person that anyone could do that with my experience was so so wonderfully positive and just 
<laughs> unreal on a whole nother level that I'm actually, I'm so honored that that and blessed that that was my first one. Oh, right. Wow. That's something people dream of getting to. <laughs> oh, one day, you know, if it could be like this and that was my first time ever. And now everything, if it's, if it's not on that level, I'm like, I can't do that. It's not, <laughs> oh, it's not at an atom level, oh, you know? Geez. Thank you so much for that. That's, that's amazing. That's so great to hear that the experience is like such a, it's such a big part of like a, of the recording process. The experience has got, it's got to be enjoyable, right? You got to yeah. be well, like. I remember when um, you knew that we were coming to, to do Christmas stuff specifically. I'll never forget this. You decked your studio out with a snow globe and had a fake fireplace on it. It was all Christmassy and we came in and oh my gosh, this guy gets us. He, you made it visually this little we were in a we were in adam newcomb's snow globe you know it was wild <laughs> well, and it was, i thought well we're doing a christmas record and it is i think we started in june it was the middle of summer at least and it's like how do we get in like the christmas spirit yeah with your blinds turn your air up put a fake fireplace on you're like get into it people well, get, I, 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 like yeah i know it helped me a lot to get into the just get into the vibe of christmas so but yeah so that was the first the first thing we had done together and then so after that was done then uh, ola is a fantastic songwriter and she's been she was um writing a bunch of um songs in like the country world doing a lot of country songwriting and taking trips to nashville and and all that. So, um, and then she wrote the song on days we touch the sky. And so, um, actually let's, let's go back a little bit, actually tell uh, everyone your kind of how, how you got started in music and specifically how you kind of got going on songwriting. Sure. Um, well, like I said, that, that Christmas project was initially the first, I guess, public and professional release to the world and to all the music platforms as we know it. But for, quite some time I had always been writing I wouldn't even call them lyrics when I look back at them poems or notes I can go back and I find these books when I was seven eight nine years old and I would write rhyme schemes and I just thought I was you know so smart to have rhymed something I was like, what is a rhyme you know like cat and that and they're <laughs> ridiculous when I look back but I really I always enjoyed creating I guess rhymes uh, and I would you know pretend to write poetry I would honestly call it that because when you when you read them now it's it is almost laughable I'm not in a bad way it's just like mm-hmm. what was I how where did that come from but right uh that that project um was was kind of the first thing that I had released and prior to that I had dabbled in the idea of writing and actually um was critiqued by a few people that that I set out to, I guess, guide me at that time. And during the time of that Christmas release and after, I guess, was criticized in a lot of ways in terms of if you want to do this on the level you want to do this at, or you're even thinking of doing it, you know, close to at, you really have to (laughs) learn the basics, which I I didn't know, right? No one taught me. I didn't take a course. How does one know? And this is what the most one of the most interesting things to me about songwriting is where do you learn that and a lot of people i think possess it and i don't i wouldn't necessarily say that i possess songwriting criteria but i will say with confidence i have a lot of ideas so in a room full of people and and also for as long as i can remember if someone wanted an answer or needed an idea 
I could pitch them. And then if that was shut down, I could pitch another one. And if that wasn't working, I don't stop thinking. My brain is on fire all the time. And so I think my love for music naturally and then this weird rhyming thing and, and wanting to create mixed with music, mixed with dabbling, mixed with, well, these other people are more musically inclined with me than me, um, especially writing in a group scenario. I am able to flourish that way in terms of, of creating idea after idea after idea. And if that doesn't work, what about this? What about this angle? And it doesn't really stop. So um, yeah, the, the Christmas project, I guess, was the first release to the world. But prior to that, I was just messing around and until enough people were on board with me for that idea and said, yeah, I mean, I guess we could, we could do Christmas at this level and just create, right? At, at that point in time, I couldn't see farther than, okay, now it's August. <laughs> now it's September. It was just a creative project that myself and a few friends, um, had put together and you really brought it to life, Adam. And I mean that with everything I say, because before that, uh, it was just these songs on piano that Dave and I had written and ideas that I had. And we would look at the concept of an album, quote unquote, and we're, okay, we got a romantic one. We have a spiritual one. We have a classic Christmas one. What are we missing? What do we need to create? And then we brought it to you because we, we knew that that's, a huge part of it and so important to make it come to life. And it was you that brought these little songs that we were writing in a basement to life. So I think once I saw that happen and heard the final product after you did your magic to it, I was inspired like I've never been before because I realized that it is so possible to create something so amazing you need the right people you need the right tools and you can actually do anything so wow. i have my ideas gotta get some musicians you need an amazing production team and it it's it's like magic amazing so I, and then it just flourished from there and, and it became the next thing because you gave me this hope i was like <laughs> we brought you piano ditties i brought you four chords and you made a a symphony, right? Oh, wow, wow. To watch you do it too, I remember. It was amazing. Man, that's that's incredible. So it's funny, I'm thinking back now to like when, yeah, working on that, that album, but then after it was done, yeah, I, I'm now remembering how gung-ho you were about, about writing about like, and then wanting to demo stuff and really, like <laughs> really going after being a songwriter and putting together tracks and, and, and wanting to pitch songs and all that stuff. And it's amazing. Yeah, I guess the, the Christmas album really kind of was the inspiration, the, the kick to... I I think once I realized where my strengths lied and mm. then uh, the ego is a huge thing to do with it, right? Because I wanted so badly to be so good technically at music and it's my biggest weakness. I don't play anything with any strength. I'm not too good at theory and I'm very public about it. It's nothing that I hide. I'm not educated in it. I'm not confident in it. It's my biggest weakness. But I know that one of my biggest strengths is ideas and concepts. So I think when I found and was so comfortable with my strength and was able to put my ego aside and let go of, okay, you need, if we're going to make this 
legitimate. And if you have all these ideas, well, I'm talking to myself, right? Yes. Yeah. We need we need singers that are better than you because they're out there and they're trying to do that. We need piano players that are better than you because they're out there trying to do that. We wow. need production, something you know nothing about to make it come to the life that you see it could be in your dreams at night, essentially. And then it was as simple as getting that team together. And obviously we connected so well and we clicked so well. And I knew I wanted to work with you on, on things greater than just that, that Christmas project with purpose and intent. Right. Right. I was like, Adam's my guy. Adam's (laughs) the guy. Adam is bringing this to life. These things I'm hearing in my head that I can't translate that, not only I need help with, I can't put to paper and, you know, to an MP3, you made it. So like, (laughs) it's honestly, I think, I think you gave me a lot of fire beneath just some random thoughts to, um, pursue it yeah wow 100%. you know what that and likewise it's funny because i'm on the other side going i i'm not an um great at initiating ideas i'm not great at initiating ideas for songs i like to come in more at the end as a finisher and then yeah help with help with production or whatever but so um i look at people like yourself and like what with what you do is as as like someone who comes up with these great ideas and um and, and like I, I need, I need you, Ola. <laughs> I need you to do what I don't do. So it's great. It's a really great. That's why the. It's a really great collaboration coming together because, like I, like I say, like I need, I need, I need you to to, to be initiating these kinds of ideas and, you know, give me something to work with, kind of thing. Because it's just, it's not my strength. It's not what I'm. I, I've never been that that person as much as I want to be, and I, I and I've even tried, but it's just not where my head's at. It's not what I excel at. So so thank. Thank God you're out there. (laughs) I think something too is I always admire all these people under the radar that are doing it all right. And there's so much value and there's, they have so much respect and it's, it's so inspiring that this guy wrote the song. He made the track, he right. did vocals, he did all the instrumentation and a, a huge part of me would love to be that. And this the sooner I realized it's not me. Mm-hmm. I, like you, you don't possess all of these things. Never mind half of them. As soon as I realized, okay, realistically, you do need uh, a team and and these other people bringing forward what you cannot. Mm-hmm. Everything changed and instead of that being a defeating thought. Right? Well, you're not that guy that can do it all. You're not that girl that can do it all. It became okay. I can do part of it. That that person is super gifted. That all of their talents and that's their path that they're meant to walk in the thing that they're meant to do. I don't have all that. I envy that so much. I have so much respect for that. I wish I was, you know, a Kygo plugging away and, right. and I could understand all of it and just do all of it myself mm-hmm. so that I could say, I did this all. But there's a beauty in letting that go and being part of something bigger and being able to surrender to that and knowing that you need more than just yourself to make it come to life. And then it became inspiring. As soon as I made that mental shift from, ah, I wish it was me singing, right? Mm -hmm. And getting pent up and frustrated about, why can't the vocals be me? I want to selfishly do those vocals because I want to. Yeah, but there's someone out there better that that can deliver that and sing that. And that's okay. That's not your role here. Mm -hmm. As soon as I grasped fully and held with pride what my role was, everything took a turn. (sighs) 
Ola. My mind is exploding <laughs> because it's 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 a rare that's a rare um, quality what you, what you just described being able to let go like that and like you're I mean you're preaching to me because that is something that I com- I totally struggle with because um, yeah just because I can technically lay down the guitars for this song should I be like th- there is someone out there that could do uh, something better or cooler or whatever and should I be letting go of these things and it's it's something that's been weighing on my mind a lot lately and it's um, you just got me you got me thinking so you got you got it, it's really <laughs> profound that that whole thing I think I think especially now in this day and age too of um, of like technology when it comes to music production like with a laptop I'm like looking at my laptop right now you everything's there right you can, you can you can yeah. you can do it all and you can track it all and and there's and but the better question is should you be doing it all and that's and that, yeah. is that really what what's best you know and um, there are those 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 people like you mentioned Kygo that just you know that those those guys that could, that can do that and girls that can do that and do it all and it's amazing but that's very rare and um, but it's it doesn't mean we all should try <laughs> so yeah, yeah. amazing. I, re- I remember going to a, a songwriting workshop and I wrote this down and highlighted it and circled it and it became my mantra and it, it still is a huge one. And it said, the song is king. Mm. So what is your goal, right? Mm. If the song is king and, and it's all about the song, it should never matter who's singing it, who's writing it, who's producing it. If you want to make the best quality product, especially if your goal is to market it and pitch it and it's not for you, the song is king. The song takes precedence. Get the best vocalist on purpose. Get the best guitarist. And if if the song's in, intent is not at the forefront of the mind and what's the best for the song, it's like your baby, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You drop all of your selfishness and thoughts and ego, everything at the door and you go, okay, the song is the most important thing right now. You're on the same page as me. You look around there and so are you and so are you. Okay, great. So whatever that means, the song is king. The song is that little king carved out wood piece on the chessboard and we're trying to protect it and (laughs) save it till the end and build its castle. And that means we need the best of everything. So (laughs) if that's not... You or you or you, let's get the best of that because the song is king. And and you just like bow to the song. You surrender to the song. You're like, it's for the song, right? And it makes it so much easier. And it stayed with me that the song is king. The song just takes over, it rules. So what happened, uh, our song is such a great example of that. Days We Touched the Sky, when we came to him, we did it the first time. It had an original set of lyrics and the storyline. And I sent it in initially to a competition and the feedback I got back made me cry. <laughs> I was beside myself. I thought I, that we had created something, especially lyrically, just out of the, the, the park, right? Yes. And I was so proud. <laughs> and the critique came back and they said this, the production is amazing. The melody is amazing. Your story is <laughs> Here's why. It doesn't make sense. They said, go leave the chorus and rewrite everything else. Give yourself a new story. Right. And that is where, you know, I initially cried because I, 
I wasn't letting the song be king in that moment. I was so offended. I took it so personally because that was my story that I was trying to tell. That was that role that I was trying to play. That was, well, the production's amazing. That's Adam. The vocals are amazing. That's Calvin. The melody's amazing. Yeah. And then what's my job, my role? Oh, it's the story. And and they said, go change it. <laughs> so I was initially offended. And then I, you know, I when you realize, okay, so, so there's so much potential here. And I am the one that is taking the the hit for the team, right? This is my department. Ola, go rewrite the story. That's your job. And it's slacking here. It could be so good, but that's your department. We're like, you, now you got to scrap it. Wow. Once I realized that that was the only thing stopping this song from being something really amazing from, uh, well, I wrote it. It's done. I like it screw you guys. Uh, I think it's great. It's marketable to me, blah, blah, blah. My ego, I'm so offended because I was. Once I let that go and I went and the only thing that changed from version one to version two a year later when we came back to you in the studio was the story to rewrite it. As soon as I realized, no, you guys scrap it all and do it again. I mean, the song became so much better and it was received that way. And I mean, just through its placement in the competitions, that tells me everything because I re-entered it, Adam, into the same competition yeah. that it placed second in and then <laughs> was flown out to perform it. That is my answer right there. If that's not it, I mean, so help me God, then I don't know what is, right? right? Yeah. Wow. So it's just, okay. It says just a lot about your about your character though, because yeah, like anybody, it's not... Um, abnormal that you you know were you know got butt hurt when you got that feedback act. and anybody would be upset about just being having your song kind of ripped apart like that um because it's like you said it's your baby like you know it's your it's your it's your voice it's your story that you're telling so but the fact that you took that and you and you did you worked on it and then ha- and then were able to totally 180 flip it around and have them have it win this this particular competition says a lot about your your work ethic and um, how you're not willing to just uh, well give up like you just you, you didn't give up on that song and 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 uh, didn't let you say ego like kind of get in the way like good for to you to be honest with you well it, it's not even that I think that I the song uh, I claimed the song is king and then it was within my reaction when I got that feedback back that actually determined if I was making that song king or not. And I surrendered to it. I said, wow, as much as my heart and soul is attached to this version one, we have to scrap it all. And I actually, quote unquote, bowed down to it. And I was like, if we're actually going to make this the best, I have to redo this. And it falls a lot on my portion of it, which was the most like ego bashing one, I guess. But so easily I could have just not let it. And then that would be, I think, in the category of not making the song king. So it was only because I surrendered to that song. I said, nope, we want to make it the absolute best. If it's in our best interest to do it for the song, you have to rewrite the story. So it, w- it was like an ultimatum. Uh, yeah, fully. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to play the the first version uh, before it got edited. So yeah, just, just tell us about that. I was just going to say... Um, Gil Gran and Angela Syracusa, so they're um, they have a, a writer's cut on this as well. It was them when we were in when I was in Nashville with Angela, 
who heard the first version and I asked for his feedback and he said to me, you're rad luck, you're 40 and you're not 40. (laughs) (laughs) And I I said, I know, but I want to go back to this place in my mind you know, where I'm reminiscing and I feel free and, and, you know, I'm in love and I'm going back and he goes, well, you're not 40. So do that. But in your twenties, I said, well, what do you mean by that? And he said to me, think about everything that you've done in your life so far. You're in your twenties. Go back to the most you've ever felt to the freest you've ever been. And instead of writing, pretending to be 40, write as you're 20 right now, going back to that time. And whether that's running around doing careless things or not, you know, I doubt it's uh, a full-time nine to five career job. So he said, just be realistic about it. Instead of pretending to go back in time, just take your life as it is now, cut in half from those, those years and go off that and it will be so much more real. And that's exactly what I did. And now when you listen to these two versions, you can feel the first was me pretending to be this adolescent that had it together, that went back to their mind in their twenties. And then the second version is I'm in my twenties. Let me go back to that same carefree time. Right. In my life, I've only lived half of that span, so to speak. Right. And it's that much more real because I went there. And I was like, when is, when is the most free I've ever felt? What is that, that heart-wrenching time? How did I feel? And I just described, you know, the summer prior to that. And yeah, it's like night and day. And it totally worked. What great advice. That's amazing. Amazing. And that's why you collaborate with other people, right? Like, <laughs> literally, the first line is, I just clocked my 40 out. <laughs> and he's like, he looked at me in this motel room. We were writing in there and he goes, no one clocks in and out anymore. It's online. <laughs> like you're writing like an old timer, right? <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. I, I just was thinking about this and to paraphrase it into a sentence about surrendering. I genuinely think that the world and our society has it drills in our brains that surrendering is a weakness, but really it's probably effortlessly the most powerful thing that you could do because surrendering wouldn't make you weak if it was for the better. And if it is, then it only allows you to have that much more power and peace of mind. It's just like this, this complete 180 of like, well, if you do end up surrendering, it makes you weak. So that whole concept in itself, that's another podcast, but musically, no, it doesn't make you weak. It's recognizing what's real. You know, there's so many better people out there that can do this job than you. That gives you power. That gives you power to use your strengths and to not fake your strengths. So Whoa. actually, it's not a weakness. It's, it is the opposite. a power line. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. <laughs> Holy jeez. That's, you know, you know what? I think we all have, and I'm talking about my, myself included, like it's, it's, it's not, we don't like admitting that maybe, yeah, we're not the, either the right person or the, for the job or saying like, hey, I don't know how to do this. Because society 
teaches us that's a weakness right. to give in, to give up. Like you said before, and I so respectfully uh, corrected, I think, what you said because you said, oh, well, you didn't give up on it. And I, I don't think about it like that in my head. It's It's not like the plan is to quit or not quit. It's like, what is your intention, right? If, right. You're in, if your intentions are always pure, then like, yeah, maybe sometimes it is about quitting, quote unquote, and just leaving it and, and starting fresh. And then sometimes it's about, no, we're going to redo this and redo this and redo this. But I don't think it's necessarily about giving up as much as it is about giving in, right? Absolutely. Like that's... <laughs> <laughs> really, really powerful stuff you just said there. Really great. So let's let's check out the song now, and so everyone can hear, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about it. So here's the first version of "Days We Touch the Sky." I just clocked my forty out. Weekends all I care about I gotta pay for things that I didn't need before But I get two weeks vacation Better pick a destination Seems like I've been spending all my time indoors I can't help but think of the time My guitar and whiskey Man, it missed us And so did we Take me back all the way to when we were rooftop living on skyscraper buildings Watch that bonfire set and rise And we were mad and passionate Pushed our limits to the edge Never felt so free and alive Like the days we touched the sky We become this Those old days were so spontaneous The streets were packed And we were all outside Those days are gone But let's get them back Let's start with boots and honey jack And barbecues And neighbors through the night I can't help but think of the time My guitar and whiskey Man, it missed us And so did we Take me back all the way to when we were rooftop living on skyscraper buildings. Watch that bonfire set and rise. And we were mad and passionate, pushed our limits to the edge. Never felt so free and alive like the days we touched the sky. Climbed a high wall and I stayed to watch the setting sun. A tear or two rolled down my face. I swore I'd come more often and I'd push my limits to the edge. Take me back, back to those days when we were rooftop living on skyscraper buildings. Watch that ball of fire setting. Rise when we were mad and passionate, pushed our limits to the edge. Never felt so free and alive like the days when we were rooftop living on skyscraper buildings. 
hear us uh, during that because I uh, I muted us but um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm laughing at so many things <laughs> uh, there's a that's what she said in there that's for sure <laughs> see if you can spot it and also wow you know what doesn't make English sense never mind grammatically I uh, I can't help the pre-chorus. I can't help. Listen to this. Ready? I'm going to speak this to you, Adam. <laughs> I can't help but think of that time with the guitar and whiskey. Man, it missed us, and so did we. <laughs> what the what the f? I'm not going to swear on your podcast, but I mean, never mind grammatically. So, like, what missed us? It? What is it? The guitar? <laughs> I don't, what is it? And so did we. Who is we? Like, that is mind blowing. <laughs> wow. I apologize to everyone who just heard that. But you can, here, here's the thing though. You can get a sense like when the song comes in and just the whole vibe, like, you get it. You you understand the feeling, the emotion you're trying to get across you, in the song. You, you it's get clear. lost. You get lost in in the sound of it, right? And then as soon as you listen to the story, it makes negative five sense, right? It's not, it's not just like, oh, it's just kind of unclear. It's grammatically incorrect. It's so confusing. Are you 40? It's okay if you are. Oh, they're not? What? I don't get it. Are we in the 1920s with punch cards? No. It's weird. It's oh, weird. It's so funny. Oh, man. But, okay, should we now, since we, like, so quickly play the new version so so yeah! it's fresh for people and they can hear how it got changed yeah! and how old it totally changed it. So check it out. We were savage in the summer the cops behind, but we kept running There ain't nothing like a heartbeat at that pace Only time that it beat faster Was when our kisses turned to laughter Stolen wine and cheap cigars became our taste I can't help but think of the time With your head on my shoulder, darling Moonlight on the water shining And so were we Take me back all the way to when we were rooftop living on skyscraper buildings Watch that bonfire set and rise And we were mad and passionate Pushed our limits to the edge Never felt so free and alive Like the days we touched the sky Six AM hadn't seen my bed since God knows when. Cause you and I, we couldn't be apart. Back to back adventures and some parts I don't remember. You're the reason why I 
September broke my heart And I can't help but think of that night Stole it out of your parents' driveway Top down and the headlights shining And so were we Take me back all the way to when we were rooftop Living on skyscraper buildings Watch that bonfire set rise And we were mad and passionate Pushed our limits to the edge Never felt so free and alive Like the days we touched the sky Like the days we touched the sky Sometimes I wonder what you're doing I miss your rhythm, miss your movement In a world that's crazy I found something sane Like the ending of a movie you were magic, you were soothing Oh, take me back, back to those days When we were rooftop living on skyscraper buildings Watch that ball of fire setting Rise when we were mad and passionate Pushed our limits to the edge Never felt so free and alive Like the days when we were fixed version the finished version that uh ola did such a good job on revising so you want to talk about that how how the ideas came for, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, um well i mentioned angela and gill earlier and then obviously yourself um calvin frank who is singing the lead vocals um was a as a part of the writing process as well we got a shout out to to Calvin for doing such an amazing job on the vocal oh in that song. Oh my gosh, yeah. this he is unreal. So good. He's 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 a pro. And Ola's singing the harmonies in that and it sound you guys sound great together. Really, really good. Aw. He no, he's amazing. so I so I talked about you, Calvin, um Angela and Gill. Mm-hmm. So here's where here's where Nico and Sophia come in. Shout out to those two beauties. So um the song was revised and just like your classic songwriter and their dilemmas, verse two is just hell. <laughs> <laughs> that verse two, that verse two is just it's it's doomsday in a way, right? right. And then that was what I was missing. Mm-hmm. And the pre choruses were a little dodgy. And so uh last not this past summer, but a, a year ago, I was part of a showcase live performance, and I called on Nico and Sophia at the time, um, who were who were Tuscany, and now they're doing their own thing musically, to be a part of my show that I was putting on and promoting. And 
each group ensemble or artist was performing a song that I had written. And so I pitched them this song and I pitched them two others. And uh, I went to go get them food and some water probably. And I came back and I said, oh, so did you guys listen to them? Which one do you pick? And so they, initially they picked, you know, a, a different one. And they said, oh, well, we're doing Days to Touch the Sky. Uh, hands down. <laughs> like this is the song that we're performing. And I said, guys, there's just one problem. <laughs> like there's no verse two and, and you know, it, it could be fixed up a little bit pre-course wise. And I said, the song is very special to me and there's a lot going on with it. I am going to invite you on to it if you feel that you could help me finish it and, and we could do it justice. But that's asking a lot because, you know, of, of the process that's already been through. And Nico looked at me and he said, we're going to do it today here. I have full confidence. <laughs> and I said, okay, let's do it. Nico. And we sat there in this, in this apartment and we did it. And Adam, hmm? I swear to you, the three of us shed tears when it was done because that second verse and um, the, I guess, well, a third time around, like after the second chorus, not even bridge. Sometimes I wonder what you're doing. I don't even know. Yes, that third part, that bridge it thing. came yeah. from why September broke my heart. We, we cried when whoever, I forget, whoever said it first in the room, we, we all went, oh. oh, and for whatever reason, in our hearts, individually and collectively, at that time, it was nearing the end of the summer. And, you know, we're all doing our own things and going our separate ways and doing our stuff. That hit home for us. Mm. And as soon as we shed a tear, I was like, okay, you, you are my people. Like, let's finish this today. Yeah. And um, in total, there's seven people on the song. So don't get me wrong. I mean, it, it started from... Um, a place in my mind, but it's it only is where it is today because of all of you guys. So it's actually so interesting too to realize how many people are behind it and that it actually needed all those people and needed that time. And as I do my research and I read my articles and all of these, a lot, sorry, not all of these, a lot of these hit songs, you look at Beyonce, you look at just these artists with teams behind them, you look at writers on one song, hmm. it's up to 10 people. Lot, and so to me, although this is my first experience with having so many people on a individual song, never mind a solo project, mm -hmm. it was needed. It was fate. <laughs> <laughs> it was timing. Every single person made it what it is when you listen to it now. And so, I mean, credit is doing all those departments and then departments and then some, because it was not me individually, even if the initial idea thought song came from me structure, it was the bones. It was nothing, you know, and w what are bones? Nothing <laughs> until, you know, seven people put some meat on it and <laughs> some, some Montreal on. steak spice, you know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. <laughs> throw it on the barbecue on the high. Like it, it came to life and everyone's experience added to 
their comments, which added to lyric ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just, just ricocheted and ping pong to what it is now. Right. Do you find too that when you play a song idea for, for someone, whether they're a songwriter or, or not, um, that just by like playing kind of what you got going, that you start to like uh, more ideas start to come to you just because you're like, you get a different perspective when you play it. Yeah. When you like play a song for someone and it's like, if, if there's a problem, it's like, you know, there's a weak line or whatever. Something needs to be fixed. They become that becomes really obvious when you start to play your songs for people because you you start to feel like oh maybe I, mm-hmm. I, I should fix that part. <laughs> you know, you, you just, see it in their you see it in their face, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you show someone some idea, a uh, thought, you know, just a melody, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, all, all of a sudden, their mm-hmm. face and their energy just it's like a mirror back onto what that song actually is you're like you love that line you hate that line it offended you right oh you hate that harmony oh you like this oh my gosh there's so much work to be done absolutely and i think that's what makes it that much scarier and more vulnerable because because you're looking at their face, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah. my gosh, I, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. And, so, you know, a lot of people show their emotions differently or what, you know, what they're thinking very differently. So it's it's sometimes it's you could be completely off in what you think they're thinking. But, you know, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot of um, body language I can tell you a lot about. Yeah, I mean, even simply that people are tapping their toes or kind of nodding their head. I mean, it's always a kind of a good sign or whatever. But I, I feel like more more than like, more than like um being able to really understand you know know what the person's thinking yeah you just uh, just the weak spots tend to just become obvious to you whether they're thinking that 100%. or not it's just yeah it, it is it doesn't even have to do anything with their body language or anything it just be like i know that this part is boring i know my intro's too long i know my bridge isn't very it just starts to become obvious to you so yeah 100% and and also you know the immediate questions after uh so uh, what do you mean by, I'm just confused, you know, as soon as, as soon as that line comes yeah. out, you're like, oh, here we go. Like, uh, absolutely. I'm, I am for the most part on the same page as that person, right? They go, what do you mean by this? It's, it's so not clear. As soon as it's so not clear, mm. I mean, that's the first place to start, right? Yeah. Especially, I mean, we're talking about country music, so you can, you can be, you know, obscure in certain, you know, indie music or, or whatever. But like when, when it comes to country, it, there just can't be any of that. Uh, what, what does that line mean? Or like, it just, it just, it has to be so crystal clear front to back. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's what, well, just, I was going to say, that's what makes that genre what it is because, even if you're not into country music and for so many years, I wasn't, I laughed. I thought it was annoying, the <laughs> twang and Same. I joked and I was that person. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, joking, plugging my ears, you know, <laughs> my dog, my truck. And you listen to these songs and watch these videos and read these lyrics and it's someone's story. It's your story. It's the story. It's relatable. It is crystal clear. And whether it's cliche or cheesy or not, it resonates and it makes sense. And you don't have to go around singing it, humming it, and or adding it to your playlist. But the respect is there. Wow, that was well told. So I was the same growing up as a kid. I was like that that kid that was like, I like every kind of music except for country. And uh, But 
um, on my bus, when I'm taking the bus to school, they played the country radio station, the local country station on the bus. And so I Yes, because you live in Coburn. I live in the country. <laughs> yeah, I live in the middle of nowhere. So, but I would, and I was in this period where I hated country, but I'd get off the bus, I'd go to school, and I'd be singing those songs on my head all day yeah. long. And they would just be in my, and you know what? I secretly loved them. I, I really yeah. did. I would say I didn't, I didn't, but, but yeah, the, these songs just stuck with me. And so there's a song that you showed me, uh, when I was at your studio in the past and it was something about fishing. Okay. Look at this right now. I don't remember who it was, the title, anything. And the story was, I looked at it once. You're like, listen to this song. <laughs> and it was about, uh, the son and the dad and how they are growing up and growing apart and, and he's doing his own thing and they have little and less to talk about as the years go by. So they go fishing. Do you know what I'm talking about Yes, right now? yes, yeah. I know it's a, it's a uh, Logan Myers you know called Catch a Fish. Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. See? And I have heard it once. I've never heard it again because I I don't have the tools to look it up because I can't remember a single lyric <laughs> and or melody to it. I remember sitting there and understanding the story and the vibe. Mm. Oh, I know what this is. Mm. I get it. And and it stuck with me ever since. That's yeah. the perfect example right there. Yeah, it's yeah, that, that song is a great example. And it's and it's the title is misleading. You're like, the song's called Catch a Fish. But it's deep. It is so deep and so powerful. And the story and you is showed so me. powerful. And it came up on your screen. I was like, catch a fish. Oh my gosh, you That's... can't get more country than that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like wiping back to you <laughs> by the end of that. I oh still get gosh. choked up listening to that. Song. It's so good. Yeah. 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 But That's, that's the, a great example. Yeah. That's the power of, of yeah the storytelling side of country music. Now that... First of all, to like find a story that's worth writing about um, is tough, but then putting that into a song format is even harder. And so, when so that's again, you were saying about just how incredible uh, country music songwriting is, and that I think co-writing is so wonderful for that reason. There's obviously uh, something to be said for you know writing something that came from this personal place that resonates with the world on your own, but there's this beauty to having more brains than one in the room, right? So I say something and automatically it ricochets to you and has a different meaning or sparks a different thought in a different conversation because we're two different people with two different brains. So more brains yes. in the room. Yes. That's all it is. Yeah. And and it's just this ping pong ball back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And okay, this is this thing we're trying to say. Oh, I have an idea how we can say it. And so do you, 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 and you. And this handful of people, it, there's now five options and you're closer to getting to the resonating one than with one yes. brain. Yeah. By yeah. default, like that's <laughs> the coolest part is like we're all on the same page. We're trying to do the same thing. And now let that ping pong ball fly on purpose. Right. It's intentionally. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, the, well, it goes back to like what you're saying, the, the song is king thing. So if everyone is, is just putting out uh, different options and everyone's wanting the song to be king, then, and then generally people are, you're, you're all going to settle on the best option and not just the yeah. option that you came up with because you want it to be yours because you thought of it. And, and yeah, so that common goal of like song is king is, is key. Well, you know what? I think we're going to wrap this up. That was amazing. Thank you so much, Ola. It was great. Adam, yeah. 
Thank you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it was a great chat. And man, you just said you said so many, so many great things about about songwriting and and thanks for sharing all your insights about especially this song and the process you went through of revamping it and your thought process. It's incredibly um i know it's gonna be super helpful for people that are that are listening to this right now oh well thanks for having me it was so fun (laughs) (laughs) and like laugh laughable as always with you you're you're great you're great energy you're a great soul likewise likewise so we'll uh we'll do this again for sure when when we uh we'll probably get together soon we'll do some more we'll be doing some more songs i'm sure soon so absolutely uh, when you're here, we'll do one together and we'll talk about um, another song. We've done a bunch of stuff and maybe a new song. We'll, we'll do a podcast and talk about a new tune or whatever. So I would be honored. <laughs> and that was my conversation with Ola Kiramach. And uh, wow, she just said so many amazing things throughout that conversation. And uh, I'm just going to highlight a couple of them. There's, <laughs> there's a lot I could highlight, but uh, here are just a couple of things that are worth um, kind of mentioning again. Is uh, first being that uh, Ola mentioned that she wanted to be technically great at music and be able to play all these instruments and um, track all the vocals and do all the writing and just to, just to be just to be able to do everything. And um, she realized that she. Uh, figured out her what her strengths were in music as she's really good with coming up with ideas and coming up with concepts for songs and initiating those ideas and bringing those to the table and she uh, let go of wanting to be this just this technically great musician and and singer and all that stuff so um, that was very freeing for her as she she mentioned so she just focused on building a team of people around her that could execute on these ideas and uh, make the songs the best they can be. And she said that um, that her, her mantra being the song is king uh, really allowed her to let go of wanting to be able to do it all. And I, I thought that was just really powerful um, stuff because... You hear that, you know, as songwriters and musicians, and we hear that the song is king, and we don't always operate that way, though. We don't always, like, execute on songs as, as if the song is is actually king. And uh, I'm speaking to myself a lot of times. We, we want to um, be able to do, you know, if not all, most of it, or, or have our hands uh, in, in most of, of the process of putting a song together. And, and sometimes it's best just to let go and let others um, take the wheel and um, let other people that have their strength shine and bring what they do to the table and make the song even better. So, and with this song, Ola proved that with Days uh, We Touch the Sky, she brought in uh, other writers to come in and help her fix it and rewrite things and um and and it paid off so uh really great stuff love love that another thing that ola said that was fantastic was uh she talked about the power of surrender and how surrendering is not weak a weakness um it's actually the opposite and by surrendering you are able to not fake strengths that maybe you don't have um, you're able to reach out for help uh, and get the best people 
uh, you can and people that have actual real strengths uh, and uh, to help you with making your song great. And um, so I, I haven't heard anyone talk about the power of surrender like that. And it's um, it also kind of plays into like the power of vulnerability in a way. There's, there's definitely power in being vulnerable. Um, but um, that kind of blew my mind. I, I really love that, how surrender is the actual opposite of weakness. Well said, Ola. All right, that is it for this episode. Thank you so much for checking it out and checking out this podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Um, don't forget about the giveaway. Um, if you want the get to get all the details of the giveaway, go back to episode nine. I lay it all out in episode nine. It's titled giveaway announcement. Can't miss it, but check that out. Get the details. But in a nutshell, I'm giving away three songs fully produced, mixed and mastered by me. And, uh, all the details of how to enter are in episode nine. Thanks again, and until next time, get out there and make some great music. Music.